0: Hello, it's Andrew Harrison here. You might have seen, we've got a brand new podcast coming out from the House of Podmasters. It's called Paper Cuts and it is the funniest newspaper review you will hear. Every morning, Miranda Sawyer and friends look at the weirdness, the obsessions, and sometimes, occasionally, the triumphs of the great British press. By popular demand, it's now out five days a week. It's out roundabout lunchtime every Monday to Friday. Here's a collection of some of the best bits of Paper Cuts from the past week. There'll be a new edition out this morning. Find Paper Cuts wherever you get your podcasts.
1: There's an interesting piece in The Times today about Boris and Carrie Johnson's nanny. This came out of an amazing piece in the Sunday Mirror yesterday. Teresa Dawes, 59, lasted just three days in the job. Why, Jason? What's happening here?
2: (laughs) Um, She made the mistake of enjoying a glass of wine with the former prime minister. (laughs) What happened was Carrie Johnson gave birth to their third child, whose name is, of course, preposterous, Frank Alfred Odysseus. Yeah. And she came home from hospital um, on day three of Theresa Dawes' tenure as one of their two nannies.
1: Yes, I noticed that. Two
2: nannies. They're not doing these bone idle shits. So They're not doing any parenting at all, clearly. <laughs> um, she came, uh, Carrie Johnson came home from hospital with the baby. Boris was out in the garden enjoying a glass of rose with Teresa Dawes, and Carrie's mum spotted this. Then Carrie came uh, storming in. She was extremely rude to Teresa Dawes. Teresa says, I was waiting to welcome her, and she just walked past saying, Where's my mum? And she went. <laughs> She went upstairs with all the children. Um, Boris came in like a whirlwind, flustered, um, making a cocktail for his wife. Carrie swanned down holding the baby.
1: Yeah, she, she always swans. All, she, all, the,
2: all, all the pejorative verbs are coming out today. And that was it. She got, she the, got, uh, she got the, fact, the Spanish archer. Yeah. She
1: did. I mean, you know, what's interesting about it is that the, the <laughs> it's this poor nanny um, originally, she, she's from Zimbabwe, so she paid lots and lots of money to fly to be the nanny. And then when uh, the baby was born, Boris said, do you want to drink? Here's some rosé. Have a glass yes. of rosé in what the garden. We'll get to know each other. Um, meanwhile, you get this brilliant idea that Carrie's mum was Looking on, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Taking notes, I thinking. <laughs> I know, I know <laughs> yeah. where this is going. I know exactly, yeah. which is hardly the you know Theresa's fault. But anyway, that's what that was the prob that was the problem. Um, but the thing I quite like about this, I like lots of things about this story. I have to say, but the thing I really like is the fact that Carrie Johnson seems to do everything from above. So when yeah. she was in, <laughs> when she was in Number Ten, there was this constant idea that she was like upstairs, yeah, upstairs having. <laughs> Alleged parties, ABBA parties, or issuing kind of, you know, ideas from upstairs. when Boris was kind of flustered downstairs going, oh, 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 well, we'll maybe do this. And it's the same thing. She comes in, she sweeps upstairs with all the kids, demands a (laughs) cocktail.
2: I mean, (laughs) it's it's upstairs, It is actually upstairs, downstairs.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It really is. But anyway, Teresa's now suing them for thousands.
2: Um, And Boris, bless him, he explained to Teresa that his wife was hormonal.
1: Hmm. Yes, I'm not really happy about that. No. I don't know what to say. She's hormonal. She's just had a baby.
2: <laughs> it's it's out of my control. I guess if you're a nanny you're not used to dealing with women who've just had
1: babies. I, know. That- <laughs> I don't, don't,
2: don't. I know. Why did she come from Harare though?
1: I think because you know, I mean, I imagine they were going to pay her really well. I mean, this, she's suing them for a three-month contract, yes. and she says she's owed thousands and severance pay. So obviously, for a whacking great wage, that's why yeah, she came. Yeah, this is this
2: is this is high-end nannying. No, it's not somebody round the corner. They're yeah. not just
1: doing a you know a, 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 a nice yeah. local lady because then she <laughs> might sell the <laughs> she might sell the story to the papers. But unfortunately, Theresa's done it. She's got a great quote at the end, though. I have to say, she said, <laughs> "I didn't even get to hold the baby." I wish I'd never got involved with them. It's been a complete nightmare. To be fair, it was quite a nice rosé. <laughs> but it definitely wasn't worth it.
0: Bad news for next year's intake at Hogwarts, St Custard's and St Trinian's. The I a story saying that Labour will put VAT on private school fees in its very first term. The new government would achieve this by stripping private schools of their charitable status and it could raise £1.7 billion to be spent on the state sector. It won't be gradual, a senior labour source told the paper. We will not be phasing them in. And the private schools industry said it would hit smaller schools hardest and that the really big wealthy independent schools like Eton and Harrow won't be affected. Ava, how does this fit into Keir Starmer's smash the class ceiling agenda? Because this one's been hanging around for a bit, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, and it's actually a policy that he's not been too sure about. But he's now getting quite annoyed that people think he keeps reneging on policy. So it's one he's really sticking to. And now Labour have got this, this big agenda at the moment to keep fully costing their plans. So in light of the RAC situation, in light of schools up and down the country just being a bit dismal... They want to be able to pledge they'll fix every school and they'll provide more teaching assistance, but they've got to provide it fully costed. So they found the $1.7 through this 20% VAT. I totally disagree, actually, this is going to affect smaller schools. Because I I think the school can either accommodate the extra 20% in the fee or send your kid to the local state school.
0: Are you mad? (laughs) Are you insane?
3: I turned out all right. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, look at the state of us. Yeah. No, I mean, this one has been kicking around for a while. And the Telegraph in particular has been uh, hammering this for weeks. On the 16th of September, it said the plans would make private schools more elitist by driving out parents who are kind of on the margins of being able to afford getting in. I mean, okay, Telegraph's got a Telegraph, but isn't it quite good that people shouldn't be able to buy their kids special advantage and should be forced To mix with the proles, like me and you. (laughs) It's
3: not even that. It's more just like, why on earth do schools have charity status? Why does Eton need charity status? It doesn't. You know, pay your VAT. It's like if you go into a shop and you buy something, you pay VAT on it. So Mm. why is that any different to your child's education?
0: Um, I, I don't know. Sorry, I'm <laughs> yelling. I'm yelling. <laughs> Fergus, the Institute for Fiscal Studies points out is quoted in this story, saying it thinks that forty thousand privately educated students could be forced, forced into the state sector, which would be just awful for them. Is your heart bleeding all over the table? Oh, yeah, yeah. More, more prey
4: for bullies. Um, <laughs> I'm all for it. i mm. like. I'm obsessed with this issue. Like every year, it gets more pressing for me. Like it's, it is insane. There are like 7% of the population go to private school, but they just dominate the whole of British public life. And it seems like more than ever before. It's insane. I had a sort of tweet thread go semi-viral about it, viral by my standards Hmm. a few weeks ago, because I was watching Channel 4 News and it was like Cathy Newman, private school, and Gary Gibbon, private school, talking to Labour MPs and Tory MPs about Boris Johnson who went to private school. The whole, everyone went to private school. And then it was newsnight, and all the presenters went to private school. And then the following day, it was the Today program. And all the presenters, it is, it is 7% of the population. Yeah. Anything that can be done to sort of ease that just a little,
0: I am all for. I went to a, a bit of a fancy event once and ran into somebody who, to my amazement, turned out to have gone to my school. Right. are so comprehensive in, in, in Merseyside And I was just saying This is incredible We went to the same school And it was just a ring of blank faces Going well We all went to the same school What are you so surprised about? Isn't it? Yeah I was at a party
4: Years ago A sort of BBC Entertainment party I was chatting to someone About what school she went to Which was like a, a very posh school She asked which school I went to I said well you wouldn't know it It's just like A comprehensive She was like oh really? Oh really? She went oh well done <laughs> I said I said, well, I did. I said, well, I only did, like, what, 90% of the country yeah. does. She was like, yeah, but not here. I was like, oh, oh shit. Ever like, since then, it was like the scales were left. My, it's like, well my done eyes.
0: that you didn't become just a heroin addict like living yeah. in a bin. You
4: really have really shown us what, how to do it. But, I mean, yeah. Good God. It drives me insane. I could talk about this for hours. I totally
3: misunderstood that question when I was first asked it. Like, later, like, you know, first joining journalism, people were like, what school did you go to? I'm like, how on earth would they know my school? Yeah, okay, <laughs> like, yeah. a few events and I'm like, oh, right, okay. You're yeah. asking if I went to B-Dales. Yeah. Which mm. apparently is a posh all-girls school.
0: Watch out B-Dales about. There's a couple of sad stories in the eye uh, about the smaller schools that might go under. One of them charges £19,000 a year for secondary education and they're like, we're on the margins here. Mm-hmm. Um, I find, I can't really... I can't find the onion in my pocket for the tears on on that one. Can you? How could you see this one playing out in in the campaign towards the election? Then, Ava, is it going to be commie tears, class war?
3: It's going to it's going to dominate most papers, The Telegraph are going to go wild on this, because as you'll remember, most of their columnists, going back to your point, are all privately educated and they send their kids to private schools. So it's really something they're going to lean into. And it's kind of an easy win for the Conservatives, actually, because they'll throw this back being like, look, Keir Starmer does not like any movement between the classes. He is commie Keir and he's trying to repress you. So everyone who can't afford to send their children to private schools will somehow think that Keir is attacking them. Yeah. You know, that's how it works.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose the counter argument is, yeah, social mobility, just not pay as you go. The I, uh, all this moaning about, you know, adding VAT to the the fees, the I points out that fees have rocketed way beyond inflation anyway because it's wealthy overseas parents who want to buy British schooling. And those people absolutely can afford it, and they absolutely can afford additional 20% VAT. VAT. Mm. So, you know, juice them. And put the money into I don't know I've got a wild idea How about school buildings That don't fall down
3: And also be, I mean just like Generally bringing education Back to I'm going to say it Tony Blair's standards <sighs> um, You know 20. Bringing back The Sure Start programme Or bringing back Scholarships So private schools Are supposed to offer Places to mm. local Local stu- Local pros <laughs> to, <laughs> <come, laughs> to,
0: <laughs> to come <laughs> in and local enjoy Local poros like us yes. Yeah
3: To go in and enjoy The tennis courts Bring that scheme back
1: Now, dotted across the papers like a big bad orange is the return of Donald Trump, though really he never went away, did he? There are quite a few stories about him. Some are online because the news came in late. So let's start with one from The Guardian. Trump committed fraud as he built his real estate empire, Judge Rules. So, uh, John, what's happening here? Things
5: are not going brilliantly for Donald Trump. So this Guardian story uh, relates to one of the many court cases against him, this brought by New York's Attorney General Letitia James, um, and relates to his his, his business interests. Uh, James has been arguing basically that the Trump uh, organisation has been lying about the value of its, its financial assets uh, as a way of uh, getting better financing rates. What's happened this week is that uh, the judge in that case has agreed with the Attorney General Um, which means a much shorter trial, possibly as much as $250 million in financial penalties. And Trump and both Eric and Donald Jr. all being banned from uh, having business interests in the state of New York or being executives in any companies based there, which which feels
1: like quite a bit. Big deal? It sounds like a really big deal to me, really. I mean... What I
5: can't work out is, like, whether this is the sort of thing he could shake off by just, like, moving all his business interests to Delaware or something. Or Mm. to
1: Mar-a-Lago or whatever. Although Mar-a-Lago, obviously, is being... Yeah, it's also being kind of investigated. Also,
6: I mean, you know, it is possible that he just accidentally overvalued things. We've we've (laughs) all done it. I don't know if you've ever put anything on um, Facebook Marketplace. (laughs) And, you know, because we put an old duvet on there and I thought that would comfortably, it's high tog, you know, I thought it would comfortably get 40 quid and we ended up listing it as free.
1: So you know, my my
6: my point is, it can it can happen.
1: It can happen, but how I have much to money say... did
6: you borrow against the old duvet? Yeah, there is
1: that. Well, it There's didn't.
6: That. I didn't hugely affect our capacity for getting better rates, but I, I, have to, <laughs> I if you don't mind me saying, the Halifax were very reasonable. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So that's one, one of the many things that Trump has done. I mean, I have to say that the judge found that Trump and uh, Eric and Donald routinely and repeatedly deceived banks, insurers, and, you know, by massively overvaluing their assets. But we move on. Marcus, you found another story in the star.
6: Yes. Well, this is Donald Trump, the environmentalist, is very, very concerned that, um, that wind turbines, which he's not a big fan of, uh, driving whales mad. <laughs> <laughs> He says, "He says windmills are killing whales by driving them mad." Now I don't know for sure whether this is because there are a lot of claims that windmills slap birds out of the sky. Whether he's visited Sea World and seen a whale jumping in the air, and then just it, just imagine the nightmare scenario <laughs> of a whale breaching out of the water and immediately being sliced into chunks. Uh, but no, he says um, in. <laughs> He says, the windmills are driving them crazy. They're driving the whales, I think, a little baddie. It's so, so strange. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't know what evidence he's got that whales are any madder than they were before.
1: Yeah, yeah, and there's also a comment, isn't there, the
6: from, was... oh, yes,
7: from, yes, from the, the star. star.
6: This story's in the star. It's re... This is really, really good. So they cover the story and then at the end say, sounds like he's been talking out of his blowhole again. And that's as far as they go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the star delivering again.
6: Yeah.
7: If there's one thing we love talking about, it is rubbish Tories. And it seems the papers can't get enough of that either. In the Eye, Katie Balls of The Spectator has written a piece about the Conservative Party's future and the New Statesman has also done its own right power list of the most influential Conservative thinkers around at the moment. There are also pieces about all sorts of Tory chaos and mayhem in the news and how badly they're doing in in the polls. John, talk me through this piece in the Eye. What's it on about and, and why now? So it's sort of fascinating uh, in the
5: run-up to uh, its Tory conference next week, obviously. So it is it is a week. A lot of the politics pages are going to be talking about the Conservatives. Uh, Katie Bowes has written this piece, which is kind of looking at the future of the party. And it doesn't bode well that the political editor of The Spectator, it's kind of the in-house journal of the Conservative Party, is writing a column in a national newspaper about the future of that party And it's entirely about the leadership election that's going to happen after they've lost. (laughs) Like, that is what it is about. It's not about anything they are doing now while they're in government. It's about how do we pick up the pieces of this disaster that is coming down the tracks. Um, And the amazing thing about it is it kind of talks through all the different factions and the different possibilities. It talks about Suella Bravman. It talks about um, the social conservative uh, Miriam Cates. It talks about Grant Shapps as a possible kind of like contender from the sort of centrist wing of the parties being like, you know, I'm the competent guy, I can put it back together. It talks about James Cleverly as the, the guy who might be the one left standing when all the others have been taken out by factions because they hate them more than anybody else. But the sort of punchline of the piece is like, it's really difficult to predict any of this because with the polls as they are now, most of these people are not keeping their seats. So like this piece repeatedly <laughs> talks about <laughs> a politician, what they represent, who their supporters are. And then it goes, oh, but the political betting sites currently have them a 15% chance of being in parliament after the next election. It is actually a magnificent read if you're kind of into Tory pain.
4: Yeah.
8: So what they're saying either they're going to be prime minister or in a job centre in like... Two years' time, a year and a half,
5: something like that. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the sort of frightening thing about it is, as far as I can see, the, the the ones who have the most chance of of the contenders who have the greatest chance of, of retaining their seats do seem to be Braverman and Kemi Badenoch, who are both very much of the right of the party.
7: Great. I I hear you're quite interested oh. in Kemi Badenoch. What's your your fascination I'm obsessed there?
8: Obsessed with her. I am obsessed with that agent of chaos. <laughs>
1: I genuinely, she gives, I
8: genuinely, she's like the Loki of the Tory party. I just, so I'm like a dithery, left-wing people pleaser. I have fantasies where just, it wouldn't last long. I could never ride that bookaroo. But, like, imagine Kemi being your best friend. She'd change <laughs> your life. Like, she would change. She is my manic pixie dream Tory. I imagine her just coming in, being like, what are you doing? Sort yourself out. Text him back. Dump him. You need a fringe. Right, I'm going for drinks. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Like, I'd just be at, like a night out with Kemi. Yeah, you get thrown out of bars. Yeah, there'll be a row, <laughs> but you'd be changed. <laughs> she, and then she'd never reply to any of your text messages again. That's it, done. She's dropped yeah, you. Yeah,
7: missing for six months at a time, one of those <sighs> mates. John, so, Soella Brotherman is the other person who kind of looks like they might actually not lose a seat here. Yeah. Is all of this discussion actually as well because she's being an agent of chaos in her own way too? What's going on there? She's on the front page of The Times. is sort of linked to her, isn't it? She's very much setting herself up as the standard bearer of, of the
5: right of the party. Um, and it's not clear to me whether this is happening with the prime minister's permission because he agrees with these views or or it's kind of useful for him to have someone out there kind of banging the drum against you know international law and human rights and all that stuff, or whether he's just too weak to actually stop it happening. I really have no idea. Um should we talk briefly about the New Statesman's right power list? Yes, which is the first really they've really. done a left power list for many years. I have to say, like, you know, I, I I've been writing for the New Statesman for many years. I was on staff for quite a while, so I am I am biased here, but I do think this is a magnificent piece of trolling that <laughs> the top of the list number two. Two, Rishi Sunak, Prime Minister. Number one, Nigel Farage, GB News presenter and former Brexit Party leader. I mean, that's a damning piece of trolling, isn't it?
1: <laughs>